Oh, welcome to the live stream, everybody. We have quite a few people here. What we're going to do is answer some of your home buying questions. Uh, my name is Kyle. Um, here with me is Dan Frio. Um, and so Dan and I are both licensed uh, loan officers in all 50 states, plus uh, U.S. Virgin Islands and Puerto Rico, if you happen to be in any of those. If so, Puerto Rico. give us an invite and we'd love, we'd love a trip out there, I'm sure, at some point. Um, also, sorry for being late. That's absolutely my fault. Uh, but hopefully the wait wasn't too long for everybody. Um, so Dan has a YouTube channel called The Rate Update with Dan Frio. Um, and the link is in the title. Um, so please go give Dan a follow. Uh, and so what we're going to do for the next hour, answer your home buying questions. So if you have them, please leave them here in the chat. Um, you want to go ahead and dive we, into we need it? Our, we we need do our need a little banner. Boom, there it is. If you guys are looking for a one-on-one -on -one consultation, we can go through it, go through your credit with you. Like I said, uh, on my video or my YouTube channel today, I posted what we were going to talk about. The things I talk about mostly when somebody calls in to have a consultation, I want to go over your credit. How do we analyze that? What's looked at? What credit scores do you have? What is a good credit score? Then we're going to go over your income. These are the, the basically the itinerary I'd like to go through tonight. If it happens. So basically your credit, your income, and then if you have a down payment, what do you think is coming? Kyle can give you his viewpoint. You can let us know what you have. We'll tell you, kind of give you a thumbs up or a thumbs down, or, you know, you need a little bit of work. So that's the agenda for tonight. Yes. Let's go and dive in some questions, and then maybe we can get into the uh, the market here in just a second. Um, so let's see who we have here. We have Anish. Welcome. Uh, Marie T. Delegato. Uh, Missy Boy. Angel, Maddie, Sergio, Tan, Andrew, Angela, or Angel, I'm sorry, Maria Louise, Freedom Girl, uh, welcome back in Freedom Girl back. Woo! Pal Palabra. Hey, hey. Um, one thing to note at the top is that we're never, if we skip a question, it's on accident, it's never on purpose. I had somebody email me and they were like mad at me so that I skipped a question and they thought it was personal. It's not personal. Uh, we try to get to as many questions as we can. Um, let yes. me add answer here uh anish you said hey kyle and dan um if an appraisal is done on a builder's new move-in ready home and if the appraisal appraised value is high means loan to real value ratio is low means that much equity already okay so yeah. it sounds like the, the question is if the appraisal comes in higher than the purchase price does it mean you already have that equity in the home yes uh that's kind of a really good indication of saying like okay did you buy your home uh and you got a nice little discount Yes, absolutely. Um, let's see. And Please then don't part miss your contingency dates and your closing date because the builder might pull the deal on you. We had a uh, lot of that happen last year with building. People buying building. Sorry. We're part flying. two says, does that positively affect the mortgage loan in terms of PMI? Um, will the monthly PMI be low and will come off earlier because the home meets the 20% equity earlier? No, unfortunately, the PMI is going to be based on the lower of the purchase price or the appraised value. So that's what your down payment is going to be based on is the lower of the appraised purchase price. I'm sorry, lower of the appraised value or the purchase price. I wish it worked the other uh, the other direction. Uh, Tremaine, um, you said, thanks for answering my question. When I emailed you, um, you're absolutely welcome. Adrian said cocktail of choice. Dan, do you have a cocktail of choice? Yes, I do. This is my 2022 vintage, my last case. Ooh. Diet Coke. 
Yeah, I I will say I uh, I had an event before this, and I did have a couple drinks. So I, well, this is gonna be fun. This like we need to make this happy hour. <laughs> I promise I I shouldn't show up to all these live streams having a, a drink, but uh, I, I did make it. So that's... I'll be the sober side of the equation. <laughs> Good. The ramble. Everybody just kind of say. You'll you'll balance me out. Well, I gotta hide my ears because apparently last time my ears got really red, and uh, so I I don't want anyone to see that. They're looking fine now though, right? And let's go, let me go through the economics real quick because I don't have much to say there. Do it, um, and so I need to grab my headphones because I think there's a little yeah, bit of an echo. To bring you guys up to speed, hopefully there's not an echo. I'm trying to change my background and all my other stuff on here, uh, so I'm, I got the mic here and I'm trying to get everything situated. On the economic front, so rates, about a week, a little over a week ago, I posted out a video that rates just hit 5.99%. Today, they bore back up 6.5%. Basically, what's happening is the Federal Reserve is trying to do everything they can to kind of cure inflation. So they raised rates uh, six times in 2022. They've already raised them once in 2023. So now the expectations are they were going to kind of stop or put a halt on increasing the rates. But that's basically changing a little bit right now potentially, because we had the jobs report come in last Friday and there was expected to be 180,000 new jobs created within a week for 550,000 new jobs. That now puts pressure on the Fed. Are things really starting to cool off? Is the in inflation going to start to come back down? Now the potential might be it might raise rates a little bit more than was expected. So that's kind of what's going on in the markets right now. We are seeing huge demand right now for people applying for mortgages. So we have consultations. We haven't really skipped a beat. I think last week was a little lull, but on an average day, we have about 30 consultations. So you know, if you want your own consultation, let's check up here. If you're looking to buy your first house, and you're just like, I have no clue what to do. Call us. We'll guide you in the right direction. We can help you with a realtor. We can help you find that area. We can help you with the mortgage. We can help you as much as you possibly want. Or if you just want a pre-approval and move on, you can do that as well. So back to Kyle. Sweet. Uh, could you... Could you move your mic a little bit closer? Because you're cutting out just a little bit. Yeah. Okay. There we go. Ooh. I'm try to hold it there. Is that good? That works. Uh, okay, cool. Alejandro said, spoke with Patrick today, and he was great. Yeah, Patrick is actually Dan's son, um, but on our team. So you can talk with, oh, man, I always do it wrong, uh, Patrick or another mortgage advisor on our team here. Um, let us see. Maddie Rod said, hi, good evening, everyone. Could you get a mortgage? any type, if you have income, but did not work last year and have no tax return to show. Income I can show is under 1099, commission only income. Unfortunately, you're going to need to have a two year history of that 1099 income, especially with that one year gap to be able to use that income on, on the loan. There are some non-QM programs that will allow um, a one year of 1099, but they usually require two years of self-employment to run off the one year of 1099 income. Um, the alternative to that, I know this isn't possible for everybody, it's possible for some people, is if you can find a co-borrower um, who could help you qualify for the loan, you can be on the loan as well without showing income. Again, not everybody can do that, it's a very rare instance. But if you have somebody possibly in your family who could help in that way, that's something that you could do to then be able to have time to show the two years of income and then refinance and take them off the mortgage um, is a possibility. Uh, Anish said, love Dan's background today and, um, backgrounds are always aesthetic. Cool. Yeah. We got, we're, we're going double, uh, 
windows here. <laughs> I still need to get. I get. I need to get as tall as you. Okay. Oh. Hey, at least we're, we're we're making progress here, guys. I'm old. Okay, it's this guy over here. Am I pointing the right way? It's this guy here over here trying to get me in. You know, past the nineties. Past hey, the nineties. What are you talking about? Oh, like nineteen ninety. Oh, nineteen ninety. Yeah. No, you're do you're doing fine. Look at you guzzling. Let's All right, see. let's blast through. You need the timer up. You got the timer ready? Let's go through Shh. ten of these. With, Look, with the Dan, timer. we only use the timer for you. I don't use the timer for me. Okay. Uh, so we, I, we okay, I need to ask timer because the the guy over here, my other side, <laughs> a little conversation. All Never. Right, you got it. All right, Marie. Uh, let me pull this off real quick. Marie Louise, you said, hi, I'm so happy to catch this live. You guys are amazing. I'm so grateful for all the information and the way you explained everything so well. Well, thanks, Marie Louise. I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, T. Delgado, does it make sense to take on a higher than 30% monthly payment if I'm the only borrower on paper, but my partner will contribute to the payments? Do lenders not care? You want to grab that? Yeah, I would. I don't see a problem with that. I mean, people... In general, most the debt ratios, I think he's, you're saying 30% debt ratio, correct? I can't yes. read that. I couldn't see that. With a 30% debt ratio, you're on the, I hate to say it in a good way, but you're you're already on the low side. And then on top of that, you have a partner's income that's not even being counted. So potentially your, your, your DT or debt ratio on that might be 20 or 15%. You are golden. Don't think anymore. Move forward. Um, let's see. The Segovia fam, we're going to get to your question here in just a second. I do see it. Um, sweet. All right. Do you need to live in the house if you have a conventional home? Can you rent one room and not live there permanently? Um, so there are different types of conventional loans. If you're getting a primary residence mortgage, meaning you intend to live in the home uh, for most of the year, then you can rent it out without having to refinance after you live in it for a year. Otherwise, you're going to need to get something like a secondary home, which requires 10% down, or an investment home, which requires a minimum of 15% down on a one-unit home. A lot of lenders have an overlay for 20% down. Um, can you rent one room and not live there permanently? That's going to be primarily if you're looking at a investment property. Look at that, 30 seconds. Dude, a man. I've been practicing. So that means I get... I want to cut down your time. I, I think it'd be cool if we could like, if like each of us had time left over, if we could put in like a little bank. I don't, yeah. I don't know. We don't, do we both owe. Yeah, we'd probably be in the negative for a while, wouldn't we? Uh, Sergio said, do you have to file this year's income tax to apply for a loan or would pay stubs suffice? You want to take that? Pay stubs will suffice because you're not really, you don't have to file your taxes until April 15th or 16th or whatever that's due. And a lot of times corporate taxes, or if you file an extension, you don't have to file till September or October. So no, it, it, you, you don't need those. You can go along with your pay stubs and, and probably got your W-2. Um, unless, and I'll, I'll, I'll reframe this way, if you're trying, if you own the business and you want to use 22, 22's income, then yeah, you would need to file to use those those returns. Yep. So 13 um, seconds, 17 left over. <laughs> Oh, I didn't even start yours, did I? Oh my gosh. I, so I get 30. I know. You get 60 next time. Um, okay, I'm curious, good. what is everyone's feeling? What are, you, what are you feeling right now as you're going through the buying process? Because um, we're in a, we're in this like weird market. Are are we still are we still seeing on YouTube like housing market crash stuff? Are we still seeing like doomsday into the world? Or 
what is your experience in your market? I'd love to hear like what market are you in? Yeah, absolutely. Um, if don't you know? Feel free to don't dox yourself. You can go ahead and just put the state. You don't have to put the city that you're looking in, um, unless yeah. you feel comfortable doing that. Uh, but I'd love to know the state that you're in or the market that you're in, and also kind of what are you feeling? What's the what's the general vibe of the market that you're in? Um, because uh, some some markets are completely different than other markets, and what's ending up happening is you have a lot of national news about home buying or home selling. And people are trying to apply that national news to their local market specifically. And real estate is so specific in its markets. It's not just about the city that you're in. There's all these different pockets of neighborhoods that function differently and sell differently and have all these different characteristics about how how much homes are appreciating or uh, decreasing in value. Um, so I'd love to hear where everyone's at and how they're feeling. Um, so if we get some comments what, in here. What I would suggest out there too, a lot of people don't realize if you need a realtor, first of all, you do need a realtor. Okay, it'll make the buying process so much simpler. Don't think you can do it on your own. The second reason, why why would you do it on your, uh, on your own? Because you think you might be saving some money. You're not paying the realtor. The seller is paying the realtor. So the next thing you might think is, well, I'll just go to the open house. I'll find out who the realtor is who's selling it. And I'll negotiate with that person. Here's my philosophy on that. If you're getting divorced, would you use the same divorce attorney as your, your ex? Probably not. Why? Because your ex already contracted that person. So their fiduciary responsibility is to the ex. I know that's an extreme example, but I hope you get what I'm under, you know, trying to explain. Use a realtor. You don't, it doesn't cost you anything. It's free. And they know a lot of stuff you know, about what they're doing in the areas, in the little pocket areas. Uh, Rodney, I see your question. We will get to it. I promise. Um, my market is very hot right now because low inventory, but I feel anxious about buying because rates are crazy high. Um, totally get it. A lot of people are feeling that way as well. Uh, best let me, way to let me break answer up it this way. Can I answer that one real quick? I, mm -hmm. I, I get yeah. it. But just on the offset of that is if you, if you could afford it now, just think of it that way. If you could afford it now or scrape to afford it now, your payment's never going to go up. You know, somebody might say, well, your taxes are going to go up, your insurance might go up or whatever. Yeah, it, it might. It probably will a little bit. So going from $1,200, if your taxes went up, maybe your, your mortgage payment goes to $1,225. So it's not extreme. Look at rents that people are paying in today's market. It's very, uh, it's very common to find people that their, their rents are getting increased, you know, from $1,200 to $1,600, $1,700, $1,800 a month. That's what freaks me out about housing is because those that are sitting there renting, and there's nothing wrong with that. If you're not comfortable buying yet, it, that's fine. But a lot of people are sitting on the sidelines just waiting for you know the perfect moment. And I, trust me, it will never come. There's never going to be that perfect moment. Okay, that's um, my 30, 60 seconds. <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting to put that up there. Man, that's I'm really off today. No, uh, I, was, I was just trying to, I, was, I knew that wasn't a question. It was a post you asked of. But I just, that, that's a very, very common question. That's why, you know, I used to give, provide information on my channel every day. That's why it's called the rate update. And then I finally got off of that because I'm like, I'm just inundating people with this data day after day after day after day. Is there really a relevance to it? You know, if the rate's six or six and a quarter, hopefully that isn't, you know, the point where you cannot afford yeah. to make a move or something. So I decided, you know, I, I'll talk economics and some, you know, expectations that I'm thinking. I'm kind of, I'm, I've steered away from that, um, that 
you know what it's very similar to is like when you start investing let's even say like you have a, a small retirement account and you put some money into an index fund that maybe tracks the s p 500 or something like that um like very simple investing and what, what's very easy to do is you open up an app and you check it every single day and then all of a sudden dipped in value and all, you're like oh my gosh i lost yeah. freaks out i lost 200 or something i think it's kind of the same thing that a lot of people are doing with the housing market is it's like i'm checking it every single day and it creates this fear where it's like really real estate should be a long-term purchase unless you have the funds and the flexibility to purchase on the short term then of course you're going to be looking at these like short-term metrics but for most people if you're looking at like historical data of what's happening with housing and making decisions based on long-term historical data um that's i, I think that's one of the best metrics to look at if you're going to buy in this market and that's what i did that's why i bought uh what is it? it's probably been six months since i bought maybe a little over that um but that's like why i bought too is like yeah i'm seeing all the short-term data but it's the same way with stocks it's like did stocks go down this past year yeah did my retirement account lose quite a bit of money i'm sure yours did as well yeah but i'm not freaking out and pulling all my money out because i know historically the data uh, backs up this being a long-term investment. I think the same thing with housing. Um, let's see a couple of people talking about their markets said on hold for new homes or off market on new home, Nashville, Tennessee, Nashville is a tough market, uh, real tough market. Um, depends what, which pocket you're looking at in uh, Nashville though. Um, Andrew said LA is seeing multiple offers on home price, uh, right now. Um, but I think with rates back up today, we may see a very slight slump. Demand is still there. Inventory sucks. Inventory sucks is definitely the trend of the past. Uh, Dan, unfortunately, I can't hear you. Yeah, I can't hear your, uh, nothing's coming through. <laughs> uh, it looks like your mic not be, mic might, might not be on. All right, I'm going to go through a couple other questions here. Um, let's see. So the down payment and closing cost payment all equal together at the... And the closing payment all equal together at the closing signing. Yeah, so uh, the amount due at closing is called cash to close, um, even though you're not going to be paying with cash, you know, dollar bills. Um, but it's called a cash to close, and that's going to include your down payment plus your closing costs is going to equal that final amount. Um, Alejandro, you said, I can speak for SoCal. Nice houses are going under uh, contract right now after weekend showings. Some sellers, however, expect 2022 <laughs> home values. You know, I think that's going to be the weird thing that we're everyone's going to be fighting on uh, over you know the next probably six months is like sellers still expecting things to be super hot and buyers on the flip side saying we are not aligned with that market. Um, you want to go ahead and try again, Dan? I still still can't hear you. I don't know what cut out. I'm not. I don't see your uh, audio feed coming through. Could you try to um? Could you try to log out of Ecamm or refresh and then see if you can log back in? Um, do, do, do. Rodney, you said should I pay collections over three years to get a mortgage? Please do not. Please do not touch your collections. Um, if you pay your collections. What will end up happening is it kind of um, it it reactivates your collection on your credit report, 
and can lower your score even if you pay off your collections. Because, let's, so you have that collection that started three years ago. Over time, it's gonna have less and less impact on your score. All of a sudden, if you pay it, it reactivates it. So what I would first do is see, can you get approved for a mortgage without touching your collections, okay? If you can, then great, let's not touch them. If you wanna pay them after you close on your loan, because that's a, an ethical choice that you want to make, great, go ahead and do that after it. But if you're just looking at qualifying for the loan, do not touch your collections until you apply first and see if you can get an approval without touching them. If you're struggling to get an approval um, when you're looking at getting a mortgage because of the collections, then you can talk with a loan officer about what's going to be the best strategy for you. Um, what we usually recommend is that you would connect with a credit coach and have them negotiate on your behalf to see the best way to take care of this because you will reactivate those collection accounts and they will bring down your score if you pay it off. I know it sounds counterintuitive. Unfortunately, that's the way that the credit system works. Um, you would think that like paying it off is good and you would get, you know, uh, they'd reward you by giving you a better score and it doesn't work that way. I wish it did. I wish the credit system made more sense um, and it doesn't. Uh, hopefully we'll get Dan back in here uh, in just a minute and if he does, I'll, I'll pop him in. Um, Cassandra, you said uh, Massachusetts has always been expensive but even outside Boston is going up. Um, yes, it seems to be that way that, uh, you know, all, all the cities are, are continuing to grow and expand in the prices uh, in the surrounding neighborhoods. Uh, Freedom Girl, you said we need more housing here. Too many apartments being built. Um, yeah, there are a ton. There's a huge influx of housing or influx of apartments. And it's primarily because, you know, there there is such a big demand for housing in general. Um, because when everyone's talking about inventory shortage, uh, primarily what's happening there is just a lot of people running out of housing options um, that make sense for their situation. And so that's why a lot of apartments are being built as well. Um, because unfortunately those tend to get a little bit more precedent over the single family housing uh, construction being made. Uh, there was Dan. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Hear me? Please there tell me. There we go. Yep. I can hear you. I had to turn off my mic. I think that there's a short in my cord because I keep hearing it go bloop, 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 and it's messed up. So I'm back. Oh, what I missed. Cool. Um, we were just kind of talking about, uh, apartments being built. Uh, freedom girl said we need more housing. Too many apartments are being built. That's what the trend's going to. I mean, I was just in Orlando from Orlando over to the beach and Cocoa beach. Dude, there's, it's, there's racks of neighborhoods going up complexes, you know, four or five stories high, as long as you can count just miles and miles of them. So that's where all the yeah. money is going right now, people, because they know, you know, I could I could build a house on this lot or I can buy two lots, build eight unit buildings and make a ton of money on it. And that's where it's going. Yeah. Or Cassandra just said, uh, I wouldn't mind having more apartments being built if they weren't all luxury in my area. And yeah. that's a that's the thing I'm seeing, too, is like when people are building apartments, they're not focusing on building like affordable apartments. Uh, it tends to be, you know, what are the more kind of luxury, higher price ranged apartment complexes. And unfortunately those are going to get filled. Um, and I think that's why that's happening is because they know that the demand there is still high. And so they're going to choose the option that's going to net them more money um, than affordable housing. And that's, I think that's going to continue to be a problem in the U S over the next uh, probably few years is um, running into these affordability issues uh, with housing. Yep. 
Um, sweet. Let's see some. Somebody other asked questions. me a question today, and I deferred out. I'm like, they're like, well, when, when, do you, when do you see an equilibrium coming back? You know, or your your percentage of your income goes to housing? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I mean, because it's we've put ourselves in a position where I mean, we can even see it on these videos that we do. There's a lot of people on the sidelines just saying, you know, either people are like. I want to buy and lock in now and get my you know home and everything else, which is great. Then you have those who's like you know not, they're not ready or they're move you know they're they're moving all the time. That's perfect too. But the problem is, is you know on your housing side, you're at the mercy now of the landlords and supply and demand in the market, and it's a scary spot to be in when there's low supply and big demand, as we're seeing mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Uh, Marie Louise, you said loan officer in my local bank spoke about first time homebuyer program offering 5.2% interest, 33 to 5% down payment, no PMI. Could this be possible, possible repercussions? Um, some local banks do offer those programs with no PMI. Uh, like another commenter mentioned, I would be looking out for what's included in the closing costs. Um, because often what can happen is, uh, you can run into what's called a discount point. Um, it doesn't discount point does not give you a discount. Unfortunately, <laughs> uh, way a discount point works. It's almost like prepaid interest. Um, so you'll pay money up front that lowers your interest rate and it's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, but you are paying upfront money in hopes that you recoup that over time. So that's what I would be cautious of. Uh, I would also be curious with any programs like that. Um, what other like strings may be attached? Are there resale restrictions? Sometimes the programs like that, it can be uh, they won't let you sell within a period of X years without giving back a portion of uh, any money that was granted to you. So I really would just be curious about some of the more finer details of uh, of the program there. Um, let's see. We answered this question. Um, cool. I just want to make sure that I didn't miss anything here. Uh, Tan, good to see you again. Um, is it okay to get a pre-approval letter from multiple lenders? I have applied to five and getting pre-approval letter from them and have an agent as well. I guess I'm ready to look for a house. You are certain ready to look, certainly ready to look for a house. You don't really need multiple pre-approval letters from multiple lenders. Um, really what you're wanting to do is, you know, you're wanting to see how you can get the best deal on a mortgage. Um, one of the, the nice things about what we do is we shop with around 80 different lenders. So we'll take your one mortgage application shop to around 80 lenders to find where the best deal could be for you. Um, and we do that without you having to do any work for it. And we don't get paid any extra for doing it. We just do it because we want our clients to get the best possible deal. Um, so you're absolutely ready to start looking for a home. Uh, you don't need to have like these tons of secured pre-approval letters to make sure that nothing's going to fall through the cracks. Um, so you will be absolutely good to go. Make sure. Um, sometimes it's hard managing the chat. Like well, I'm looking at questions yeah. and then also the can new I, ones. <laughs> can I address that one real quick? Yep. So I guess my question would be why five? Okay. So I know a lot of times we're, you know, Kyle and a lot of people tell you to get three quotes and we, we have a different approach on that right now. And Kyle just shared it with you, but let me, let me kind of explain to everybody how the mortgage process works. And just if I pull the screen or this curtain behind, so you guys can see behind the screen, here's basic, here's the basics of how mortgages go. You know, our, our hardest goal is to get you guys to apply with us. But once you apply, everybody's process is virtually the same. You put an online application in, or there's a computer system that we put all your data in. We pull your credit. We have to pull your credit. 
Okay. So we pull your credit. And then what we do is on our side, we run your loan through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. And if it's a USDA loan, we run it through a system called Gus. Okay. So these are automated systems. You might like at Christmas time, did you get, you went to the Sears or wherever you go to shop and they're like, Hey, if you apply for this card, you get 10% off. Okay. I'll apply and so forth. So you know how you put on in your information and 30 seconds later, bam, you're pre-approved on the spot. That's basically what we do. So we put in, you put in your information onto the website. We pull your credit. We upload your loans into this system. These systems now come back and say the loan's approved. So if, if I got your loan approved, anybody can get your loan approved. So that, that's the basis behind things, unless they did some fraud or some loan officers know more than others and might be able to get you into a program that a lot of people don't know about. But what you really want to con concentrate on is if you got one approval, basically anybody's going to approve you. So now what you want to do is you want to shop for a rate. Well, the, the problem is, is by going to four or five, six different lenders, you're going to end up probably pissing off half of them and they're not going to want to work with you. And then the other ones are going to get frustrated with you as well. So I would suggest this, and this is why I've done this, what we do right now for, I've been looking for this opportunity for over 34 years. And I finally found it a couple of years ago. We are a federally chartered bank. Okay. So we're a bank. We, we service everywhere in the whole country. We're also one of the country's largest brokerages. So what we do is we take your one application and we put it in the system, get it approved. That's the simple part. Then what we do is we have a, another system we go into and it scans the whole country over 80, about 87 different lenders, mortgage companies, big banks, and so forth. And it gives us all their rates and programs. Okay. So if my bank, I can't put your loan through our bank and get you the best terms. It says XYZ bank has you know a better rate than I do. So what I can do is I can now use their rate sheets, their programs, and then they'll pay me a fee to, to basically give them a whole loan that we basically put all together. So that's basically, you know, pulling the curtains behind. So you don't need in, in today's world, you don't need multiple approvals. I would say get, get a, go to another place unless you, if you get turned down, but go with a, with a lender that you know, is a big enough company that can do all these services for you. So you don't want to just call this bank and then that bank and this bank, let our services do it for you or, you know, another broker that might be national that could help you out. So sorry for that spiel, but I just, I just want to get, you know, the old, it, it was like the old adage, you know, you have to put 20% down when you're buying a house. Well, you did years ago, you don't anymore. So the times are changing and technology is changing by leaps and bounds. Yeah. Um, Freedom Girl said, what affects, uh, how much taxes will be on houses? Um, the taxes are going to be, oh, wait, ready for this? Countdown timer. Uh, oh, no, I already wasted three. Those are valuable. Four seconds. I need a half. <laughs> okay, so the county is going to have an assessed value on your home. That is what's going to determine your, your taxes. It's going to be the county. It's not going to be your lender. It's not going to be your, your real estate agent. It's going to be the county. So if you have an issue with it or you want to uh, debate the assessment, then you go to your county. HOA ver neighborhoods versus non-HOA, age of the house. Uh, those don't affect the taxes. It's going to be the assessed value of the property from the county. Um, and you can look that up. You can search like blank county uh, tax assessment, and it will tell you, you know, all the things that are included in your property taxes. Likely what's going to be included is any levies that are happening locally. Uh, you know, your local school district. There's also going to be just a general um, tax uh, for the county itself, um, it's going to tell you everything included in there, and then how you can. What's the word I'm looking for? Um, the the timer's on zero. You were thinking about. 
<laughs> you can contest the value. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Time is time should be I should get 45 seconds. <laughs> that was a good one. Though. You could you could have went further on that one. I was just I was just messing with you. That that's a detailed. Hey, I'll just throw something in on this. I I know in Illinois I tried to, to contest my taxes several times. They use data here, and I don't know if this is common throughout the whole country from 3 years back. So the scary part now is we've seen these houses escalating in values, which is fantastic. But now us homeowners are going to start feeling the ramifications of that because the taxes are going to go go up. Now, they're not going to price you out of a house, you know, but just just be cognizant that the, your, your real estate taxes over the next couple of years are going to go, you know, go up. But I wouldn't say significant. Uh, Palabra said, if I can still buy a home, I can still buy a home if I just open my own business and pay with that. Unfortunately, no, you will need two years history of self-employment to be able to use that income. Uh, doo -doo. Uh, Dude, that CM was, said, that was fast and to the point, my man. I know. Uh, CM most, see, I, the overall average, I feel like I do fine. You know, we got yeah. a, a little bit longer yeah. and shorter ones. Uh, CM said, most counties uh, have good online information on tax assessors' websites. Um, for most properties, except new construction, you can look up a tax bill for any home and see the assessment mill rate, et cetera. Um, yeah. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and then Tan said, oh, I always mess up. Is it Tan or Tan? I think it's Tan. Uh, thank you guys so much for the information. I always learn something new. Um, cool. well, thank you for being here. Thomas Edwards, uh, what kind of rate can I hope to actually get? Great credit, decent down payment. Um, do you want to take that? Yeah. So things are actually changing right now. And it's hard to say specifically, here's what today's rate is, because there isn't really one rate out there. Like we were just saying earlier, you can call five different lenders and the rates are all different. So it matters on the specific day that you're looking at. It's kind of like a stock. Rates change every day. If you saw our rate sheets, I think yesterday we had three or four rate changes. Okay, so I'm not trying to you know, not answer your question. You're probably going to be in, you know, I don't think the 599s are there anymore. Rates went up about a half a percent within the last week and a half, believe it or not. Yeah. So that's why a lot of people, a lot of times, guys, try, don't try to time the market. Because if you would have locked last week, you'd have been at 599. You lock in this week at six and a half. That's not normal. So what I'm, I keep trying yeah. to say is if you can afford it now, there's probably going to be some leeway for you in the next year, two, three, you know, whatever. That you're going to be able to refinance and drive down that payment. Um, yeah, I forget the whole entire question was that. Did I cover it? Yeah, well, and I think the hard part too is like you know five nine nine was at the beginning of February, and then you can see just in a period of you know oh, yeah. less than two weeks, we're up to six seven five, and this is like average thirty year rates uh, throughout yeah. the nation with all different types of lenders. Well, um, so you can the see this. Thing about it, you know, it's yeah. it, it, that's worse than a stock. You know, look at that chart. So that, yeah, on our side, you, we usually no, don't have this volatility. You know, rates, they were 4% for eight years. You know, then they went way down and now they're you know up in the 6 and 7% ranges. Um, yeah, and Andrew said, hearing a lot of agents and lenders say just buy the house, higher rate now, but you can refinance later. The problem is if prices go down, it won't be easy to just refi. Yeah, and and we're, we're not a fan of the like, oh, there's this like dumb phrase like... Uh, Date the house, date the rate. Marry the date house, the date the rate kind of thing. It's dumb. It's dumb. Yes, you are right in, exactly in right. saying like that's uh, that seems <laughs> off. Yes, it is just a sales tactic. Um, and ultimately, yeah, that's true. If home prices 
do go down. Like you do need equity in your home to refinance. Um, it's often, if you're doing a rate and term refinance, it's pretty low, the amount of equity that you need, but you do need that if home values do. However, however, if you have an FHA loan, it's a streamlined refinance. They use the value of when you bought the house. So you don't lose. You can refinance a streamlined re FHA streamlined refinance. Basically, as long as you haven't missed a payment in the last year, you have a 620 credit score or higher. Your debt ratio doesn't matter and the appraisal doesn't matter. You can take advantage of lower rates. Now, you can do that with FHA, USDA and VA. The only one that you can't do it with is conventional and you can still go up to 97 percent. I think that's 97% if you're doing a rate and term refinance. But what I was saying earlier is if you can afford it now, what I'm saying is it'll stagnate your payment. Your rent payments won't go up anymore. So think of it as rent. You're renting this place now and now your rent's going to stay the same for as long as you live there. It might go up, you know, 50 or hundred bucks here and there, you know, a year or so versus your, your, where you are right now. But again, I'm not saying buy a house if it's not comfortable for you. What I'm just saying is if you can afford it now, the, the future is you have that same payment refinance only if you can and if it makes sense and you can save money yeah cool yeah Sorry, do, I do not sound angry i'm not coming across yeah, as angry do, do not bank on being able to refinance in the future um unless yeah. it's those situations like an fha or streamline but like do not use that as what is a, an affordable home for you now what should be an affordable home for you now is can you afford this payment comfortably even at these rates and also expect that over time that's going to increase because as your home value increases, so is your insurance as your home value increases. So is your taxes. There's going to be problem. Taxes almost never seem to go down. They always seem to go the other direction, unfortunately. So like, but on the other please, side, your rent, if you rent every time you renew, they don't renew your rent year after year, after year, after year, after year at the same price. Yeah. So I'll be the devil's advocate. Okay. Just now that's that fair. would, that everybody time out. Let's get our vintage drinks now, guys. Remember, it's Whiskey Wisdom <laughs> Wednesday. So I have my vintage 22, 2022 Diet Coke. <laughs> yeah. Okay, proceed. Okay. All right. That was from Freedom Girl and Shaba Abba or something like that. Shaba Baba or somebody else. Last oh, there week. was Freedom someone. Girl. You remember uh, who she was? Shaba. I think it's Shaba. Uh, Segovia Fam, do you recommend Lexington Law? For credit repair, I'm not really familiar with them. I've I know they're kind of big in the space. I haven't heard any um, super positive reviews from Lexington Law personally. They're probably the country's largest. They do charge a lot. Um, Kyle, I don't know if you have yours on the screen. Uh, Smart Credit. There, there is a, uh, I have a link in the description. Yeah, you know, there's a description down below. It's to um, Smart Credit. It, it's a DIY system. I use it. So if you, Kyle has a link down below, check it out and you try it. You can try, I think a seven day trial. If you like it, keep it. If you don't cancel it, but I, I loved it. Yeah. There's so many tools about that. I think I just put out a video recently about it. I, I yeah. it's helped me tremendously. Yeah. And I think it depends too, like where you're at with your credit. Um, I, I think there's kind of two routes that you can take with credit. Either you need kind of more handholding with a credit coach or you're ready for uh, more of a kind of DIY solution. And of course, having a credit coach is going to cost probably you know, a lot more money. Um, a DIY solution is going to be a lot cheaper. Um, and it really just kind of depends where you're at. So like uh, Scoremaster, which is what I have the link in the description. Again, I, like I use it, Dan uses it as well. Because um, it also has other, it has like identity fraud protection and also uh, 
privacy uh, removes all your info from other websites, which is awesome. Um, but like, that's not going to do super detailed credit work that a credit coach could do, but it really depends on the path that you're in. Are you in kind of credit maintenance? I want to get as, I want to maximize my credit as much as possible, or do you have some pretty heavy lifting that you really need somebody to guide you through a more detailed strategy? If that's the case, reach out to us. And I, I really like working with a company called my credit guy. Um, last time I said that on a stream, someone was like, who is it? I'm like, no, the company is called my credit guy. Um, guy. And they are up. great. I'm credit guy. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, he's awesome too. I need to get that we, URL, Kyle's credit guy, was, and just redirect it. It's funny because Kyle and I, we kind of used the same systems when we met back when. It was like, hey, do you know Sam Parker? I'm like, yeah, my credit guy. And he's like the same thing. Yeah, yeah Sam. So yeah, if, we, if you need you know in-depth credit help, Sam's a good guy to go to. I've known him for since 2010, I think. Uh, Leah said, I'm indulging in chocolate. Does that count? That absolutely counts. You betcha. Hold on just for that. I'm going to catch up to you guys. <laughs> it looks like you're drinking a red diet. wine, Dan. This is Diet Coke. It truly is. You can probably see the fizzle. It's flat as a pancake. Brando, welcome. Henry, uh, Yiling, I think. Kenny, Adrian, Rickless, Rickless Cage. Oh, I forgot about the username. That's great. Um, did, you, Nicole, did you get to the person that really wanted you, was kind of yelling at you about putting him up there? Did you get um, to no, not yet, uh, because I don't want to be bullied into answering questions, but we will get oh. to it in that point. <laughs> um, what is the process to get cleared to close? Uh, my closing date is 3-2, uh, so you're coming up yeah, about two weeks. I'm just waiting for the clear to close from the lender. Um, so the clear to... I got you. The clear to close is basically when the underwriter is going to do a final look over everything, make sure you know everything is checked through and it all looks good. Um, so if you submitted the documents to your loan officer, I would expect a clear to close probably within, I mean, max three days. Uh, it really just kind of depends on what else is going on. Are they waiting on an appraisal? Is there a title report they're waiting back on? What I would do is reach out to your loan officer, see, hey, is there anything else I need to do in this? Could you give me an estimate on the clear to close? I'm just barely. Yeah. Let me, let me piggyback off that. Just, just so you guys understand most loan officers, most of them, they are cognizant of, you know, they really want you to close on time. And you also have to realize most of them are commission based. So they really want you to close as well. Uh, so they're, they're probably in most cases, in most cases, they're working their butts off and behind the scenes to try to make all this happen uh, for you. There's, there's so many, you know, chains in the link that if one, you know, breaks or is a little bit weak, it, it messes up the whole thing, but just be patient. Uh, there are some bad ones out there and we get those phone calls at the last minute saying, Hey, how quick can you guys close? Uh, but yeah, be, be patient with them. Xavier said, I have an FHA loan, been pre-approved for 200,000. Uh, I want to know if my lender, if my lender increases my rate, how much money back will I get? How much money will I get back for closing costs or does it depend on the lender? So you're asking about lender credits. You can increase your interest rate to get money back. It will depend lender by lender exactly how much. Um, so yes, you can absolutely ask them for uh, that. Um, we need to we need to run through these because we're really behind. Okay, yep. um, we'll do the twenty second for sure. Let's do let's do the like one sentence. Let's see if we can do that with some of these. Okay. Do you believe the market will crash? No. Should we buy now or wait? Buy now if it makes sense to you. Bam. <laughs> we cover that so much on live streams. Why, you know, um, I can go into forty five minutes to say why do you think it's going to crash? But that's fair. I won't go there. 
Uh, I do have a video on that recently. If you look, uh, Missy Boy, <laughs> I think is how you say name. Uh, I have a video a couple of videos back that it's like twenty minutes that covers that whole question. Um, Scotty, Scotty, I would like to know if you get denied, but a lint by a lender for whatever reason, can this lender interfere, share information with reasons of loan denial, uh, when you work too close with another lender? That's all you. Yeah, it's so if you're applying for an FHA loan or most government loans, everything gets tracked. So when, when it does go, let's say for an FHA, you get a, a specific number or case number from with FHA and everything's tracked through that. So meaning if, if an appraisal gets done on a specific property, that, that FHA appraisal stays with that property. So the same thing, the data stays in the file. So if you apply with another lender for an FHA loan, they're gonna pull up your case number that already exists and they're gonna find out why you were denied. And then the new lender is gonna have to make it make sense or you know how they how are they over to, able to overcome that. So yeah, it can it can track you. Robin Welch said, I'm Robin from New Jersey. Hello, Robin. Um, I've been watching you for a while. I'm a first time home buyer. I have a 735 credit score. How do I find out how much I can afford? Um, first I off, everybody. Uh, hello, Robin. Hello, Robin. Uh, I have a calculator down in the description called the Max Purchase Price Calculator. Um, if you, It does all that if you would like to purchase that. Um, you can also schedule a free home loan consult. Um, with our team, which my hand is always on the wrong side. Uh, and we can run through a free, a full pre-approval uh, with you, show you all those numbers and help you understand the maximum uh, purchase price that you could afford a little more in depth. Um, do you guys do DSCR loans, debt service coverage ratio loans for investors? If so, what rates yes. are you guys seeing right now for those types of loans? Oh, they're they're all over the map. It depends on your credit score and your LTV. They range from I think like seven to like eleven. So it is all over the map right now. The best thing I could have you do is I hate to say this, but just call us. You know, give us the per parameters on your consultation. We'll get you a quote within an hour. Get back to you, and here's exactly what the rates would be and the cost and everything else, and you can take it from there. We got uh, Malie said hello robin and brando said hello robin uh and also uh, shaba baba wants to know if you ate dinner yet i did good and, uh, <laughs> freedom girl and um, the only... yeah, then it's... uh uh said nervous about changing to you guys for a possible loan consult because of more inquiries on my credit already went through a mortgage broker and that was not helpful at all first of all I'm sorry that wasn't helpful because the whole goal is like, even if things, if we're not able to move forward with an approval, I'm sorry, there we go. If we're not able to move forward with an approval now, we always want to give you a game plan on what can happen next. We don't want it to be unhelpful. Um, you know, at the end of the call, we always want to give you a next step. Um, totally get the fear of having multiple credit inquiries. However, uh, you have 45 days to have unlimited mortgage inquiries and it will only count as one inquiry. One inquiry, according to Experian, will only impact your score zero to five points. So there really is nothing to worry about. Um, okay, I get 30 seconds on that one. Wait, right. what? I want to put 30 you seconds. You want 30 seconds? That. Yeah. Okay. So here, let me let me just, I'll explain this. And this might make it simple. He, he or she should have told you why they couldn't help you. And you said in there, uh, the consultation inquiry, my went, the broker was not helpful. Why, how was it not helpful? That's what we need to know. So if you call in or you schedule an appointment, that's the first thing we would ask you is 
what happened? Now, if he, he comes back or you come back and say, my credit score is 500, we're probably, that's why he probably couldn't help you. Or you might go into an, in, in an area that we're like, oh, we can help you. Because if you called a bank, a lot of banks, like for, for an FHA loan, require a 620 credit score. We only require 580. You know, VA, same thing. So they might not offer what you, you know, they might have not been able to help you with your situation, but we might be able to. And if we can't, we'll tell you we can't. And here's why. That was 18 seconds. Whew. I was getting tongue tied there for a second. <laughs> hey, so did you notice? So did you notice out, how yeah, I didn't schedule an appointment? It, it can't hurt you. Was did that? you notice how I didn't say anything? I, know. I graciously no. let you continue past zero. <laughs> he said we'd be nice. <laughs> Get to back to the 20 seconds. <laughs> oh, um, I bet it, no, 20 seconds is so short. For 30, 30 seconds, seconds is 30 seconds. 30 seconds. It's Can 30. You do 30. Okay, 30. Um, with the real estate market in a volatile situation with inflation, recession, and its effects on mortgage rates, what is the right time to buy your first dream home with FHA? Um, I can't cover this in 30 seconds, but let me give you my three rules. And I think I cover this at least once on every single stream. These are my rules for buying. They may work for you. They may not work for you. Buying is going to be your personal decision. For me, rule number one, it's a payment that I can actually afford. My mortgage payment plus taxes plus insurance plus any HOA plus utilities. Future maintenance all has to fit comfortably in my budget to the point where I don't feel stretched. Okay, I'm really comfortable with that because I manage my budget every single month. I know exactly what goes out. I know exactly what comes in and I feel really confident with that. So if you're not confident about your budget, you should start there. I use a software called you need a budget. You could also just start with paper and pencil. You could use a spreadsheet. Something needs to fit really well in your budget that aligns with your goals. You know, ratios like 30% and 36% and stuff. They're just general rules of thumb. They're not going to be specific to everyone's situation. Um, number two is you need to be planning to buy a home that you're going to live in for five years or longer, because statistically, when we look at historical data, uh, one of the worst uh, decreases in median home price was the 2008 housing crash. If you bought a home when high when homes were at their highest value, and then they dipped, within six years you would have broken even on that time period. Meaning, if you stayed in your home for at least six years, you would not have lost any money if you sold your home. Okay. So that as long as you're waiting to uh, be in your home for planning to be in there for five years or longer, you're going to be able to withstand all the historical dips we've seen because six years has been the longest. There's been two others that have been around three years. Um, and then finally, I think that after you purchase, you need to be able to have at least three months worth of uh, emergency expenses. The way emergency expenses work is that when you're looking at your budget, um, let's say it costs you $5,000 per month in total living expenses. That's your mortgage, that's your car, that's your student loans, your groceries, your gas, uh, insurance, it's the whole deal. So we take that number times three, that would be $15,000. In that situation, you need $15,000 left over in your bank account after you pay for your down payment and closing costs. The reason why is because so many people purchase their home and then they don't have any money left. That's a really uncomfortable spot to be in. Uh, you want to have a nice emergency cushion. Those are my three rules. They may work for you. They work well for me. Um, and I think for a lot of people, but ultimately it's going to be a personal decision for you to decide. Here, to add on to that, your housing payment probably didn't move for six years. What would your rent have done? Just a thought. Unfortunately, rent doesn't, doesn't tend to go down. It's yeah. Um, 
Kat said, uh, hope next week it'll tell us what drink you guys will have so we can also prepare us. Should we do like a, a little drink? She, she's probably drinking coffee. What time is it there? Six in the morning? Uh, it's probably right now. It's probably eight in the morning for her. Uh, yeah. Okay. Should we? I'm curious, chat. Are we? Do we need to do like a drink theme here? Maybe bring your own drink. It doesn't have to be alcohol. It could be some tea. You can bring coffee. It's too yep. late for coffee. Beverage uh, Wednesday. Beverage of yeah. your choice. Beverage of your choice Wednesday. Um, that could be some fun. Might drink little, rules. Some might drink little, Jack Daniels. A little theme around it. Uh, Michael said, "Wineab is awesome. Uh, you need to focus on zero-based budgeting." Michael, you just well, yeah, you just closed on your house, right? Am I right in that? Uh, congratulations. Um, and I I can't remember if he brought that up on a previous stream or not. Um, there was someone else I missed here. That is, I he he just closed the other day, didn't he? Because I just saw him. It was like a couple days ago. Okay. I was gonna say I saw him on something, an email that go went, went past me. That's that's so cool that you guys come here even after you close. Um, kind of cool. Michael, if okay, I know this is asking a lot. If you would be willing to do like a video testimonial, I would love that so much. If you're open to it, send me an email. If not, no worries. Uh, I because I know not everyone likes being on video, but that would be awesome. Yeah. Um, let's see. Yeah, an angel like Angel said. Oh, Angel's here again. Um, cool. It's cool seeing like uh, familiar faces, um, or familiar pictures of semi trucks. <laughs> you have forty five days to shop alone around with multiple lenders. No impact your credit score. That is true. Uh, Deluxe Dutch for USDA or FHA appraisal would exposed wiring in an unfinished basement garage or shed be a deal breaker not deal breaker it just needs to get fixed just cover oh, yeah. over the exposed wiring um i am amazed at how many sellers no. will allow an appraiser or the the if they have a listing realtor agent. yeah it's not that if i see exposed wiring well, let's just put some caps on it and it's not it's not that hard um yeah. but yes it, it's not a deal breaker just get it fixed and if the seller doesn't want to buy um the little caps, <laughs> just go to Home Depot or Lowe's or whatever, yeah. buy them, put them on, call today. Unfortunately, you will have to likely have an appraiser come out and they're going to charge a trip fee to reinspect that. Just so you don't get in trouble. <clears throat> Kyle didn't really mean go out to the house, get into the house, put the things on the wires oh. and go from yes. there. Cause there's, there might be liability. So I know YouTube monitors all kinds of stuff. So I want to just say out there for legal purposes, he didn't mean kind of do that. Get an electrician or somebody that's licensed to do that. Take care of that. So that's we don't call. get in trouble. <laughs> Sorry yes. about that. I didn't mean to trump you on that, but have a, ha you never yeah. know. I mean, more allegorically, you buy them, give them to the seller, tell them to I fix the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's dumb. It's like a screen door. The screen's Buy a busted. ski mask. Can't close. Well, just Buy a ski mask. Break into the house. In the door. It'll cost you 10 bucks. So it's, sorry to, about that. but The amount of times I've seen that happen, it's it's like, oh, I know. And it's it's hard on our side because we're like, do we really need to call the listing agent and tell them like, please? Well, the picture is now you have to get it fixed. And now you need a reinspection that's going to cost you another 150 bucks. And it's yeah. uh, then, then we get yelled at and it's like, well, if you would have told me there was exposed wire, I would have told you let's hold off until the exposed wire is fixed. 
So there's yeah. a lot of things that you guys, if you, if things, that's why I always say work with a team that everybody's in, you know, everybody knows each other and works together. That's what we would love to do. So we're in all correspondence because we have your best interest in mind. Deluxe Dutch said they will not be doing any breaking and entering. That's good. Yeah. No breaking and entering here. Uh, Tremaine said, quick question. Will I be affected by the new fee adjustment with a median FICO score of 756 and putting 5% down? I'm currently under a new contract for a new construction house. We're scheduled to close in August. Um, yeah, so everybody's going to be affected in uh, some way by it. Um, and let me see if I can find that chart or news. This is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. Because your debt ratio can yeah. change. Yeah, I was grabbing my. <laughs> this is truly diet coke. I put it in a wine change. glass or whatever. Oh, there's a really handy yeah, chart that I'm trying to make. See if I can get accessible. Drink happy thoughts. Yeah. Here it is. Um. Do, 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 do. So for those of you who are unfamiliar, uh, this can be kind of a really confusing concept. Um because it kind of gets into the back end of how mortgages work. There's these things on conventional loans called a loan level price adjustment. Basically what it is, is it's a fee, but you don't see it as a fee. You see it as a change in rate. Um, and what's going to be even more confusing is every change in that fee by about 0.5% you know, is going to change your rate by somewhere around close to 2.25%. Um, would you say that's probably a fair comparison? Yeah, but it's still, yeah, yes. It changes I, with the I, market. I, and so it's, you can only run off of estimates, but ba basically what this chart is showing is the difference that's going to happen, um, in, uh, oh, let me find what the exact date was on this. Um, I want to say it was March, March, March. Um, oh, May 1st. I'm sorry. Uh, oh, yeah, May 1st. I just looked that up today. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's possible that lenders are going to start. Review, is it still under review or no? Did it pass pass? Uh, no, this is passed. Um, okay. There I thought the last I heard the, the Association of Realtors or something was taking it to court. Um, well, if that's the case, they would there would have to be an injunction for this to uh, right. not be in effect. And if there's an injunction, we'll, I, we'll absolutely let you guys know about it. Um, but so far this is a change that's going to happen officially in May and then lenders will actually start to implement this probably closer to April, maybe even March. And what this is doing is comparing the previous adjustments versus now, basically all that you need to know without us going, I, it'd take like 30 minutes for me to explain this in a way that yeah. makes that, that makes it easy to understand. Basically you're going to look through here to find your down payment and, uh, your credit score. If it's green, that means you're going to see a better rate in May. If it's red, that means you're going to see a lower, uh, a worse rate in May. So for instance, uh, what, what was the question here? 5% um, down with 756. So I'd first look here on the left, 756 is going to put us in this bracket. 5% down, this is all in a loan to value ratio. So it's the opposite of a down payment. So 5% down is 95% LTV. Um, so it's you know 100 minus your down payment is what that is. So if it's a 10% down payment, we would do 100 minus 10, that's 90% LTV. So 95% LTV here um, is going to be, and that's actually greater, so it's gonna be 97. Um, that's gonna put you at a slightly better interest rate. You'll probably see maybe an eighth better interest rate. Not that much. Hey. However, for people putting 20% down with a high credit score, they're actually gonna see a worse interest rate. 
So I'm working on putting a video together and I'm going to make up a term and hope it sticks. <laughs> um, I'm just going to call it rate hacking for it because I think it's dumb, but it kind of gets the point across and basically help people understand, look, if you want to put 20% down, that's awesome, but you're going to get a worse rate. Right. It's actually going to be better for you to put less money down. And of course, your payment is going to be higher. There's strategies you can use to lower it, like recasting, um, which I'll cover that in the future. But basically what would work here is actually doing a lower down payment, taking the rest of the money and putting on the first payment. And you can even recast it if you want a lower monthly payment there. Um, and then your mortgage insurance would also be able to be removed shortly after that. So um, I hope that answers your question. I am going to get a more detailed video about that because it it's a complicated it's a complicated topic to cover in a short amount of time. Yeah, it is. And I'm, I'm still trying to grasp on how to cover that. I'm trying to build like a software that actually does all that math for you because, you know, even running through it on this example is like, it gets kind of convoluted. Um, Give him about 48 hours. He'll have one. <laughs> I already have 50% of one, which is, I think I have like 20, 50% done calculators. Um, let's see. We got that. CL said the best way to break up with a bad realtor. It's this, how do you break up with anybody? Um, what I would first do is I would address, address the problem. Here you go, Dan. I would address the problem and ask them, Hey, I'm noticing this. I'm noticing you're not responding to my calls. You're not responding to my email. You're not acknowledging the offers I want to put in. Could you help me understand why I would look for their reasoning? If they have a good reason, maybe we continue to move forward with them. If not, then is what I'm going to say. I appreciate the time that you've worked with us. Unfortunately, we're, we're looking for X, which is your expectation. Um, we're going to have to look for another realtor at this time. We're going to have to simple. start seeing other people. <laughs> it's not you, it's me, but it is you. Yeah. Um, That's a, that is a toughie, but it is what it is. It's the, it's the nature of the business. So we have people we get along with great. And then all of a sudden they, they are like, oh, I'm, I'm, going, I'm not taking the mortgage or whatever. It's like, why? You know, you, you hope to get some feedback that they just don't ghost you. Because if mm -hmm. it's something we can fix, I'd love to fix it. Kevin said, so destroy your credit score to rate hack. No, you don't have to do that. Um, look, oh, let me show this again. Oop, wrong one. Well, here, uh, you know, the other piece of this that's coming in play is that debt ratio thing. They're going to increase your rate the higher your debt ratio. So instead of putting 20% down or 10 or 15% down in the chart where you're going to get, you know, kind of hit, use the extra money to, you know, possibly pay down some other debt if you have some other debt that's, you know, affecting your rate. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of a lot of moving pieces of this target on in, on interest rates very soon. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I think it was Kevin. I forget uh, Kevin who was saying this. No, see all these right here in the green. Basically, what's happening is like we're of course you could have a lower credit score and take advantage of this, but you're going to get penalized in other ways um, by like maybe not being able to get approved for the loan. So don't worry about this right down here. What you're mainly looking at is these two sections that aren't, that your rate's actually going to be better or these sections here where your rate stays the same. That's really where we're looking to take advantage of here um, and staying out of these like red orange areas. So it's more of understanding if you put a lower percent down, you're going to see a better interest rate than if you put a higher percent down. Not if you have a lower credit score, um, it's really gonna be more about the down payment. Cool. Um, but overall, I mean like every, no one in the mortgage world is enjoying these changes that are happening. 
Um, oh, Greater Good said, uh, question with Fannie Mae loan level price adjustments going live in May. I feel lenders have already applied it to the pricing. Getting approved eligible has gotten difficult. What are your thoughts? Um, this has not been implemented with any lenders that I'm familiar with yet and probably will not be on, um, probably not till April, possibly March. Well, that uh, shouldn't be, that shouldn't affect, so Greater Good, it shouldn't affect your approvability. The approved ineligible, what? Approve eligible. Trying to get pricing getting has gotten difficult. I don't know why it shouldn't change your approve eligible status on a loan. It just change. It's basically changing the rates. Mm -hmm. So, and these rate changes are not like I know those sure. those numbers said like 0.75. That does not mean 0.75 in rate. Right. 0.75 on the chart equates to yeah. You're not. It's not these huge like oh my gosh they just adjusted this a ton. Um, yeah. with all the other adjustments, if you're buying like a condo or you're buying a secondary home and you have, you know, an arm and all these other things, uh, yes, it can increase things quite a bit, but, um, yeah, I'll cover that in a future video. Cause this is a very complex topic with lots of moving things and it's more helpful if I explain it kind of in like, here's let's, let's walk through the whole thing. Um, let's see, do, do, do answered some of these. Uh, Alejandro, yeah, was mentioning earlier about sellers still expecting 2022 home values, um, which is lovely. Uh, it's probably going to be like that for a while in, in certain markets, unfortunately. Um, yeah. And like, uh, Angel mentioned, like for home ready or home possible loans, like there are going to be a lot of people who these, there's not going to be any of these adjustments at all. Um, for people who are first time home buyers who are under a hundred percent of the area median income. You won't have a single worry of any of these changes. That's a lot of people um, yeah. who are not going to be affected by this. So I, I promise you it's not the end of the world. It is an annoying change. There are going to be some people who are going to have slightly higher rates. There are ways around it, um, but it's not the it's not the end of the world. Um, and unfortunately, I think, Dan, I, I know you and I have talked about that before where it's like, Unfortunately, what's been happening in the real estate world is it's like every little bit of news, people are just twisting in this narrative yeah. into it being, here's how things crashed again. It's like, nah, not really. Yeah. Uh, you know, because it would be easy to spin this into like Fannie Mae just crashed the housing market again. Like, yeah. What do you mean? What do you mean by that? That's not true. Um, so home builders cutting prices 90% in areas. It's like, uh, even if they went bankrupt, yeah. you wouldn't get that 90% off a of property. So whatever. Um, Kenny D said best way to get funding for a multifamily investment property without putting 20% down. Would you like to take that? Mm -hmm. Oh, if, well, if it's a pure multifamily investment property, that's going to be tough. Uh, however, a loophole around that, if you're going to, you know, live in one unit, just spinning off of that. So basically, on, to answer your question, you, you, there's not I don't know of anything out there. Um, on the other side of this, if you live in one unit, you can go with an FHA loan by up to a four unit property with three and a half percent down. So am I missing something on the multifamily property investment property with 20 percent down? I don't think. I think you covered like if you're living in it and uh, you know take advantage of like an FHA loan. Um, yeah. Outside of that, yeah. uh, there's not really a good way to avoid that. Be, that if it's a true investment. Yeah. Kevin, you said you're self-employed. I went through <laughs> forensic, I'm assuming you meant analysis to get pre-approved. Yeah. 
uh, got outbid by 5,000. Uh, prices and rates skyrocketed. Do I need to go through this every time I want to attempt to look for a home in SoCal? No. Uh, so I know it can be really overwhelming. It feels like you're giving over a lot of documents um, in that pre-approval process. That's not something you have to do every single time you want to look at a home. The pre-approval is going to happen once. Um, it sh you don't need to go through that whole process over and over and over again. Uh, a pre-approval should last you around three months. Um, and then your lender may ask for some updated documents as you go through the process and as time goes on, but not the whole thing all over again. Um, but totally get it. It can be very frustrating. Uh, you yeah. know, like you're mentioning, a lot of things are out of your control and, um, you know, unfortunately we just kind of take the market as it comes at us. Uh, and there's not a really good solution to, you know, rates increasing or prices increasing as well. We kind of take it as it goes. Um, uh, can I open a CD and savings account while I'm trying to buy a house? You go for that. Yeah, but why? Um, a CD, you're probably going to get into a six month or one year or something CD. So I don't know if I'd move my money there. And I, I guess where would you be moving it from? Uh, because if you're looking to buy a house, you're probably going to need access to that money in the next 30 to 45 days anyways. So if I was your your mortgage person, I'd say just leave it where it is if you can. And then because it, it makes the paper trail much easier, like the person prior to he said he went through a forensic audit. Basically, it's when you're moving monies all around, it really gets confusing. And we need to paper trail all those, you know, where the money's coming and going from. So if you can, just leave it there. Um, 16 seconds. The Triz, the Trizuth. Uh, is there a credit repair specialist you recommend? Um, we both really like my credit guy, and that's it's mycreditguy.com. My credit guy. Yeah, no, it's my credit guy. My credit. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you got that. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's funny because I I didn't even realize it when I said it that one time, and someone was like, "So who's your credit guy?" I'm like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, no, it's the name of the company. When you told me the first time, the first person I thought it was was Sam. Uh, you know, but I know, but I know Sam, but yeah, Sam Parker, it, you could just look him up on the web. My credit guy. Uh, Angel said the problem is that with the high rates, the purchasing power decreases dramatically and my mortgage might be $500. I'm assuming per month more than uh, current rent. Yeah. That's, uh, that's the, the big affordability problem. A lot of people are running into is, you know, as rates increase, like, you know, they it, average increased, um, you know, three quarters of a percent over two weeks. And yeah, that very quickly prices people um, out if they were on yeah. the edge of what they were looking at, uh, especially because, you know, when you're shopping, uh, you're usually not locked on that loan until you're under contract or locked in the rate. Um, so it can be very, very tough. Well, last year at this time, we were locking on a daily basis. I can't tell you how many locking shops and extended locks. And then a lot of people pulled out, you know, didn't close, did this, did that. We closed a handful of people like in June or July at like 3% rates because um, we extended the, their locks out so far. Then we kind of got away from it. But now we're getting back into that volatility again. So it, it might be something that might be back in the cards here soon. Uh, yeah. Because when rates move, you know, a half or three quarters of a percent within, you know, two, three weeks, it, it's a shocker, man. Um, how long after closing do you have to own or occupy a multifamily unit for an FHA mortgage? Uh, 60 days is what it's going to be with all lenders because FHA sets the guidelines there. Um, let's see. Answered those. Answered those. 
Mari said, I put in three, three offers over asking price. got outbid, including an all cash offer. Washington market is still hot. See, now this is, this is the perfect example. This is a buyer out there right now. And you're all these people are saying, you know, my prices are tanking. The markets are crashing. Washington's one of the areas where they're, you know, saying that same thing. But then we have buyers that we talk to on a daily basis that's out there putting in bids that's giving us this information. So it's like, what's the truth? The borrowers we have putting on bids or some of these people doing these videos and stuff saying the world's ending. I told, Now we're on phase 18 of this housing crash. I know you haven't seen it yet, but it's coming. Well, you know, the, we're going to have Armageddon one day, but, uh, you know, I don't know when it's going to happen. You know, so, sorry. It just, it just ruffled my you, feather. You triggered Dan. You got, his, uh, you got his hot button right there. Yeah, it just, it, it's not. <laughs> and the bad thing is, is if you follow these guys, and we know some of these guys that are preaching this stuff, they've bought houses in the last six months or year and they're out there saying do not buy a house it is crashing and it's the worst time ever and then they're in the background if you if you did some research on them they just bought houses and it's like well dude what is it you're telling everybody it's crashing and making a lot of money on it but then you're using that money to go buy a house that you're i don't know whatever keep watching them um robin welch we gotta say hi robin again Hello, Robin. Hello, we need Robin. All, we need all the high Robins in the chat. We need Robin to feel welcome. Uh, let's see. I want to buy my first house because my rent went from uh, thirteen hundred last year to sixteen seventy eight. Wow. Okay. That's a that's, that's a, a common. This is a common consultation. This is that? what I I hear every day. That's why you guys un, uh, you understand my passion about some of this. So this is, this is factual. She pay, Robin's not, we didn't set her up. We, I don't know her. This is what I hear on a daily basis. And that's why I keep stressing, you know, at least you're, you have a stagnant house payment. It, it's, it's, it's terrible yeah. out there. Uh, the that, 20, an advantage of a lot of, a lot of things right now. Over 23% increase in rent. That's uh that's brutal. Signature J production. Does debt to income matter? Debt to income ratio matter when refinancing? On most loans, yes. Um, if you're looking at something like a USDA, uh, uh, VA, or FHA, there are some refinances where the debt-to-income ratio will not matter. But on most uh, refinances, the debt-to-income ratio is going to be a factor. Um, Michael said, fear sells way more than positivity, um, and market crash bros are the worst. Uh, you said it, not us. If you want the target on your back. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, fear does sell quite a bit more than positivity. You know, what's interesting. I saw a housing crash uh, video the other day and um, it was saying Google trends. So like, you know, Google trends basically shows you how much people are Googling a certain search phrase and like how much people are doing that over time. So if everyone searches for bananas all at once, you know, it goes up. And then if everyone yeah. stops search Googling bananas, it goes down. And they were using that as an indicator of a housing market crash. Google search terms. Yeah. And I don't know that that's like, I feel like if I went into like Goldman Sachs and said, I want to apply for an analyst job and gave them like Google trends data and said, here's exactly why you should be investing. <laughs> uh, they'd probably laugh at me. Um, I don't know that that's going to be a good uh, financial indication for understanding what's happening in the market. Um but it's very interesting to see. Um, don't you get a ding every time the credit is run all three times? You certainly do not. You have 45 days from the first credit inquiry to shop. 
uh, and get your credit pulled an unlimited amount of times. So I can get my mortgage pulled or my my credit pulled by a mortgage lender and then I can have a thousand other mortgage lenders do it over the next week and it will only count as one inquiry. One inquiry changes your score zero to five points. That's all from Experian. Um, so there's no worries there. Uh, Leitriana said, my rent went from $1,250 to $1,500. Um, if you guys are yes. renting out there, please just put it, post it up there. We won't throw it on the screen. I, I just want to see this. I'm, I'm just trying to make a point of, I, I, I'm really, that's why on a lot of topics I talk about anymore, I talk about your housing. You're going to, I don't care if you rent, buy, sell, do whatever. Um, you know, it, it just, I want to, you know, what, what's your housing payments doing? Hope Dan and circle circle back on student loans from last week's conversation. How do lenders factor in the payment pause when it comes to DTI? I ate dinner, so thank you. Thank you. I actually have my head. We had, uh, my wife made a lovely dinner. I had all my kids here today, <clears throat> tonight for dinner. We had a nice steak dinner. It was our kind of Valentine's Day thing. So it was kind of cool. And then they pondered off and I jumped on the screen. So on the debt ratio for your student loans. So basically how the student loans work, and especially it's probably occurring more and more right now, is because the student loan, all the student loan payments are basically on deferment. So when we pull your credit, it, it, most times it's going to show, you know, Navient or whomever is the student loan company. It's going to show your balance and a zero payment. So depending on the loan program you go with, uh, like FHA and some programs use 0.5% of the balance, and that would be your payment. Okay. Other programs require 1%. So uh, recently we just tried to help a young lady who had $200,000 in student loan debt. And if you factor it in based on that 1%, because she was trying to apply for a conventional loan, her, her payment on the student loan debt because of the program is 1%. So she would have a $2,000 a month housing payment. She's not paying anything right now, but that's what the proposed payment would be when she went back into repayment. So we actually used a system and it's friends of ours. She owns the company. It's my loan sense. And we put set her up with that program and they basically run your, run your, all your numbers and your, basically your everything behind the scenes. And they can tell you, this is the payment based program you qualify for for. We got her payments down to $184 a month to be able to qualify for a home. That's from $2,000. So to answer your specific question directly, take your student loan debt. If there's no payments showing up to be safe, use 1% of the balance in, in your, your budgeting. And that's that's how it gets factored in today's world. But if, you, if you're if you struggling with you know student loan debt or getting pre-approved because that debt payment's so high, let us know because we can set you up with My Loan Sense and they can help you at least run your numbers to come back to you and say, here's what we can, we can offer you, one of these five programs you choose. And you even have those options up to even before you even have to pay them for it. So if it's not going to do you any good, don't do it. But in most cases, it's plummeting these payments. You can go to uh, winthehouseyoulove.com slash student. <laughs> I, I need to update this. This is from my old stuff. Um, yeah, and we did this on a, a live stream. Man, when was that? Maybe a month ago with Catalina yeah. with yeah. LoanSense. This, this, um, this program is crazy. I don't know but, how everybody doesn't know about it. And my goal is to make sure everybody knows about this thing. Yeah, it's very easy to just come in here and put in, uh, you know, just example numbers of, you know, a possible situation that you might have. Um, and then, <clears throat> what am I doing wrong here? I did something wrong. I might need to come back later and check out what I did wrong here. 
But yeah, go, go to that. And I think we, I have it on my channel. Oops. A lot of down in the description piece, uh, I think it is called my loan sense or student loan assistance. And these are, these are things you don't have to wait for. You qualify for today. Uh, so check it out. But to answer the question again, use 1% oh. of your balance uh, as that payment. I didn't put in my, uh, okay, that's, that's what I did wrong. Um, yeah, it very quickly comes in here and shows you um, what your student loan payment was before versus what you, that could be lowered to. And you can always pay more if you want to. Um, and this is not refinancing. Uh, yeah. Refinancing not for a lot of student loans is actually pretty detrimental to your payback plan. Um, and I would not suggest refinancing your student loans. What this is going to do is enroll you correctly in the right student loan program um, to make sure you can take advantage of any loan forgiveness that exists with that program and then also lowering it so that you can uh, it helps you on your mortgage affordability. You can always flip it back afterwards if you want to. Um, but this is mainly for people who are running into those issues of I can't get approved for a loan. Uh, well, the good thing my... about this is if, if you contract out with Catalina and her team and the cost, I think, is like 250 bucks. They'll notify you every year when you have to, to, to submit the paperwork. So how the student loan works, I just recently learned this, is you, you need to make 10 years of payments on these things. And then anything after that, in most cases, uh, is exempt. So you might say, well, you, you, great, you, you dropped the payment from this young lady from 2000 to 134 bucks, but now she's going to pay for her entire life. No, she's probably going to get 50 or 60 or 100,000 or more forgiven because of these yeah. programs. And it's eligible. You're, you're eligible today. You don't have to wait for this to go get through court or anything. Fahim, uh, I'm going to answer your question in just a second. Um, but we have a couple people who have said what's happened with their rent changes. And these are, these are rough. Uh, Shaba said uh, in New Jersey went from 1,200 to 1,400. Um, Joshua said, I rent one room in a house. For eighteen hundred a month. Now, do you mean San Diego? Do you mean you rent the house for eighteen or the one room? No, it's Los one, Angeles. One bedroom, probably in San Diego or Jesus. San Francisco. Because I have friends that have uh, kids La out there. Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. That is brutal. Um, let's see. There was a couple others. Uh, Rose said my rent has been the same for three years, no increase. That's awesome. Uh, she probably miss. has a private landlord. God bless you. <laughs> you know, but if you're in it with a big company, you're you're getting hosed. Miss Crazy said seventeen hundred to twenty one. Running, um, went from eighteen hundred to two thousand in twenty twenty one, then twenty two hundred in twenty twenty two, going up twenty four hundred dollars this year, um, for twelve hundred square feet. Uh, there was somebody else who said Joshua said one room near Santa Santa Monica, um. Yeah, and you know, Dan, like you were mentioning, it's something that a lot of people don't talk about. I when I see a lot of people talking about housing, is they're kind of talking about it as if everyone has the luxury of being able to be fine with where they're at, um, yeah. and it it really is like, <laughs> I mean, not not to get like too critical of people when they present information, but it's like um, often what happens is people who are giving real estate advice often are real estate agents or the loan officers are usually they're in a pretty favorable financial situation. And that of in of itself is not bad, but a lot of people can get in a position where they've done well for themselves financially. And then they assume that everyone else is in that same spot, or they assume that everyone else should be in that same spot. And so they only give advice based on their perspective. Yeah. And so what I see with a lot of people talking about housing 
is they talk about uh like oh yeah you should you just should wait it out while rent is increasing um and people are getting uh, in a spot where it's getting more and more and more unaffordable to purchase a house. And so it's like over the past two years, waiting on the sidelines has cost, uh, you know, there's been a detriment to waiting on the sidelines. If you were in that position to buy and you waited it out till now, things are a lot more expensive. And a lot of people don't have the disposable income to be able to save more money for that down payment. And also to be able to take on the rent increase along with a higher mortgage payment with higher interest rates. And so it, it was a little frustrating for me sometimes to just see when people are talking about housing as if other people aren't uh, in tight situations already that they're trying to get out of and build more wealth for their family. You have to start with a foundation somewhere um, and people are acting like, uh, I feel like so many influencers act like people are just fine with where they're at and they're not looking for an out in their current situation as if it's all sunshine and rainbows and renting for, you know, for the foreseeable future is going to be fine. So, all right, that's my soapbox. Yeah. Uh, can you well, change you can jobs? See right on the screen, you got people's rent going up twenty percent a year. So, at what yeah. point is it going to be absurd? So, yeah, keep, keep going off. We can get off this this topic. <laughs> uh, can you change jobs if it's for better income, or will that look bad on a pre-approval? Take that, my man. Uh, I'll say it in two ways. If this is your third job in the last six months, a little bit. Uh, but if you've been there for a while and you're moving just for a better pay, you know, God bless you, make the move. Uh, but so many times people are like, you know, I, I talk to people that have, you know, six jobs in the last two years. That's tough because even on the lending side, it's like, are they stable enough to, you know, make this work? Yeah, we can most likely get it done. But it's, it, I would say just, you know, if you're job, job hopping all over, stay stagnant just for a little bit. Uh, Jolene said my rent... Uh, went from 1200 to 1600 a month in Houston, Texas. You know, that would be probably very good for us to, um, probably good for us to address and kind of talk a little bit more about is that, you know, some of these rent changes. Um, and, and that's, like why just said, that, that's why on my channel, I've been preaching this for like two, three years and nobody listens because they just keep focused on the house price. And it's like, well, you know, are they going to crash or not? The demand is there. But people are just are at the point you, you can't buy a house. Because, how are you going to save paying $2,000 a month for one bedroom? So that means you're probably eating out, doing this, doing that. You know what I mean? It's 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 tough. So it's, you know, I, I say if you're in a stable area and you're going to be there for a while, what do you have to lose? I mean, especially after three, four, five years, you're probably going to be in the money. You know, like Kyle said earlier, six years in the worst case scenario, you're back to square one and your rent didn't your housing payment. I'll say it that way. Your housing payment didn't move. You know, yeah. your landlord's mortgage probably didn't go up, but he's making an extra four hundred dollars a month off of you. Hmm, that's tough to swallow. Yeah, I don't plan to make any money on my house. <laughs> yeah, like I look at it, my house I sell it for what I bought it for back when and I paid it down and lived here and enjoyed it. Kudos. Yeah, that is not far, part of my financial plan is making money on this house because, the, you know, the only way to make money on my house is if I sell it so. and then I have to go buy another house. Okay, well, then the hope is did I, how did I, how am I going to make money through that transition? It's like all this stuff, it doesn't get like fully calculated. Um, Ernesto, I'm 1099, my wife is W2. Is there anything we should know or be aware of when applying for a loan? Um, if you have a split different incomes, uh, that doesn't, it's not really going to be any different. Um, a lender is just going to, 
uh, calculate your incomes differently. W-2 is a little bit easier to run off of, you know, most recent pay stubs or um, an employment uh, verification letter from uh, your wife's employer. With 1099, we're going to look closer to like a two-year average um, of your income. Uh, Miss Crazy, let's see, Adrian said, I remember Miss Crazy mentioning the regret of waiting it out in an earlier Q&A, and Miss Crazy said, yes, it's a regret I live with daily. Um, yeah, I know it can be really frustrating. I would, I hope that that regret isn't too heavy for you because it's the same thing. It's like, I, I'm not kicking myself because I didn't invest in Bitcoin 10 years ago. Uh, would I have made a lot of, would we have all made a lot of money if we did that? Yeah, but there's a million things that I could look back in the past and say, I should have done this differently. It's like you, you did the best decision that you could have made in the moment. If you knew better, or if you could have possibly seen into the future, you would have made a different decision. And it's the same decisions we make now. I do everything I possibly can with what I think is the right choice. And I have to give myself that grace of understanding, like I did the best that I could. Um, and everyone, time, I think at the did. time you yeah. made that decision, it was best for you. Yeah. Um, ooh, cool. Let's see. Uh, Tai Yang said, if you pay a chunk off your credit card, how long until it ref uh, reflects on your credit score so you can buy a house with best score and best interest? You want to take that? Me? Yeah. Yes. It depends on the cycle date. So what happens is you make your payment. It's probably going to be about 30-ish days or 27 days or something like that. Then what will happen is they'll issue you a new statement. And at that time, they'll push all your data over to the credit agencies. So I think there is, I think even in uh, smart credit, the, the one of the credit systems we do use, I think it even tells you the date that that, that information will come out. Yeah. But just anticipate about 30 days and that'll happen. Now you can get, for example, you can get what's called a rapid rescore. It, it gets expensive. It's usually about $100 per trade line to get it your score changed immediately. But it can be done like right now if you're looking to close within 30 days. Um, let's see. Ida Linder tell me FHA changed their guidelines. Uh, if you have a non-occupied co-signer and then have to put 20% down even though you're going to occupy the home. No, there was no change to this. Um, the guideline is, is if you have a non-occupant co-borrower on an FHA loan, you can still do three and a half percent down as long as they're a relative. If they're not a relative, then you'll need 25% down. That's what the guideline is. It has not changed in like, <laughs> I don't even know. I don't know that that's ever changed. Um, but you absolutely can do three and a half percent down FHA loan with a non-occupant, meaning they don't live in the property with you, co-signer, as long as they are a family member um, or a relative. And FHA has guidelines on who is and who isn't a relative. Um no changes there. That's um, a perfect example of the loan officer doesn't know what they're talking about or they screwed up or they didn't understand the question. So just because they said that you couldn't get help or you need 20% down doesn't really mean that's, you know, that's the gospel, I guess. Um, Rickless you know, Cage, you asked top three. Oh, well, yeah. We're supposed to get four inches of snow tonight. Are you serious? Yeah, what that's, was, why, uh, that's when you said don't don't. I got some stuff. You know, don't you know? If, let's just reschedule me coming to visit you guys. And it was like, yeah, hey, we're supposed to get four inches of snow. I ain't coming anyways. Oh man, <laughs> so don't feel bad. I was going to go well, visit Colin for the weekend or 
what was the weather like for you today? Because it was super nice here. It was like 65. Uh, it was great. It was 50 and cloudy and stuff like that. Oh. My brother, I talked to my brother in Pittsburgh. He was golfing all day today. It was 75. So oh. you guys will get the, our, our crappy weather tomorrow. You're you're Man. about a half a day behind us. Uh, Rickless Cage, you said, who are your top three builders? Every once in a while, some people ask that. We don't really have like preferences on builders. And I think that's probably something we should probably stay away from, even if we did. Um, yeah. there's nothing that stands out to me. Is there anything that stands out to you? Yeah. No. Builder preference. Mm -hmm. Um, that might be a better question for like a local real estate agent. Like what are, what are the quality sure. of the builds yeah. in your local area? Um, maybe a better thing. Absolutely. Um, Yiling said, I am a business owner. Do they qualify me based on taxable income or just use my schedule C? So, um, basically the best way to think about self-employed income is a lender is going to look at your personal gross income. So how much is the business actually paying you? Um, so that's gonna flow through on your Schedule C. Uh, and so it's going to be the net income from your Schedule C is what they're going to be using. And then any other income that you have, if you do happen to have a W-2 or you happen to have uh, additional income from somewhere else, um, they'll use that. And then that's you need a two-year history um, of that income there. And depending on the kind of business you have, you can add back in depreciation and depletion to the numbers. So you'll have your net yep. profit. You can add that in. And also, if you have compensation to officers, which is usually a line like eight or something like that, if that's paid all to you, you can add that kind of in as well. But it'll flow through with your K-1. Um, ICG says, thank you guys for all the wonderful information you put on your uh, put out in your content. Frio team rocks. Sweet. Uh, we need, we need like some Frio team shirts. Um, I wear one next week. I got a sweatshirt. You, you have one. You better yeah. send me one. I got better, get all, you one. better get all that merch. Um, yeah. Oh, Henry said, I'm comparing loan estimates and a local bank lender is telling me to not trust the appraiser from an online national lender because they're not local. That's not true at all. All appraisers have to be licensed. Uh, don't. That sounds like somebody who is very desperate. I and I you that appraisers might be even the same one that they're using. Don't be surprised. Because yeah. we all what we use is there's it's called an basically a website, and there's there's multiples out there. But we use some of the biggest websites out there. We use that to place your order. And then what it does is it basically puts out a bid to appraisers in your area, and then they accept the bids. So that's how it works. Your bank probably does the same thing because they shouldn't legally be able to choose the appraiser because that's against yeah. RESPA. Yeah, well, well, it's funny. the thought If we follow the thought process in there, the appraiser isn't local. Okay, so did they fly out the appraiser? And if so, was it first class or coach? Yeah, I'm from Chicago. <laughs> I'm going to fly out my Chicago appraiser. To, yeah, it doesn't work that way. We're not laughing at you. We're just laughing at some of the things people tell you. Like we have lenders that, that you know, we'll have you know comments like that. When my local bank said, you know, if there was any problems, you can't help them because you're in Chicago and I'm in New Jersey. What are they going to do? They're going to walk over to your closing and help you. I can almost assure you that, you know, they're doing the same thing as us. They're wiring the money. They're using the same systems as us. It's just a bunch of BS. Yeah, that is a, I would be very hesitant to work with a lender who's telling me information like that. Yeah. Um, let's see, Segovia fam. I need my credit to go up 16 points and my boyfriend needs 50. 16 should be pretty easy for you to do. Um, 50 might require a little bit more of time um, to get that up, but it really depends. Credit's always so personalized. 
The, yes. the tough thing is there is that this is the question, and I, I, I'm coming out with a video. I don't know if we posted it today or not. Is this is where that we get this all the time? Is everybody knows what their income is and how much money they have as a down payment, and everybody knows their credit score, and they give me one credit score. Like in your case, you said you're 16 points from where you need to be. Well, first off. Off, what what score are you using? I can almost assure you, I'm 99.999% sure that the score you have, unless it was pulled by a lender that told you, the score you have isn't even close to what we're going to end up pulling. Um, it might be within 10, 20, 30, 40 points. So it, depending on where you get your data, is that that's the tough thing. Um. Kevin said, how long does a prequal last? Uh, it's going to be around three months. I'm self-employed and the process is pretty forensic and time-consuming. I like that word uh, while writing out this market. Oh, yeah, we did cover, I think, your other uh, comment in there yeah. um, as well. Um, it shouldn't have been that bad. I mean, because usually you just need your corporate tax returns and your personal tax returns. And then, you know, if there's other I'm things. I'm going to share a secret. Yeah. Okay, this, okay. Is, this is the best thing. <laughs> okay, it's not that secret. You ready? All right, everyone, everyone, pull, come up closer. Uh, oh, bam. Do you know what ASMR is, Dan? Uh-uh. No? Oh, my gosh. AS we should... Who? ASMR? ASMR is like uh, this thing where people will like, they like whisper and they make like little sounds and they're like, like they do these little things and then they, they'll like whisper on each side. Drink. You know? Drinking again. You know what that is? Um... Shoot, I got distracted. Uh, so the <laughs> the pre-approval process can be really annoying if you have to go search for all of your documents. Um, because you know through the process you're going to need to submit things like your driver's license. Um, if you're if you work a W two job, expect like you know past thirty days of pay stubs, um, one to two years of your W twos, potentially tax returns. Um, also two months of bank statements. So those are going to be some pretty standard documents that you may be requested. Um, and it can be on the annoying side if you're like, I don't have any of that right now. I have to go find it. Um, so here's what I would suggest. No matter where you're at in the process, create a free Google account if you don't have one. Make a folder. Call it My Mortgage Pre-Approval Documents or whatever you want to call it if you want to be more creative than me. Uh, start putting in those documents right now. Put in your tax returns. Put in your W-2s. Put in uh, bank statements, put in your driver's license, put in, uh, you know, if you have a divorce decree, put it in there. If you have social security income, put that in there. All your 1099s, put it in there. Um, Dan, other list of documents that you can think of. That, that, I mean, just put in your your federal tax returns, your personal, your, your business, two months bank statements. That should be good. Because in your in with your taxes should be your K-1s. And if you're self-employed and all that, you should know what I'm talking about. Should be your W-2s, your K-1s, your corporate returns and everything else. Should be pretty simple. That's why the forensic part, there might just be miss, you know multiple pieces. Or if you have a bunch of rental properties, that could be, that that, that sometimes is a royal pain in the butt. You know, because we get to get yeah. a lot of data on each one of those properties, not just well, the taxes. Yeah, if you start collecting them now as you get them, uh, then oh, when yeah. you go through the process, you can, it's very Drag easy it to just share those. Um, somebody asked, I work third shift. Uh, we don't have somebody available 24-7 uh, because all of our loan officers are in the U.S. and they do like to sleep. Um, but what you can do, is, so you can go to winthehouseyoulove.com. That's the link right up here. Um, and we can click on free home loan consult. 
And like tomorrow, for instance, if I look here, uh, all the way from 10 in the morning till 9.30 at night. Um, so that should be able to accommodate somewhere in there. Um, if that can't fit in your schedule, I I mean, we could try. We could see if there's something that could work. Um, but hopefully that should should help you there. What are third we shift hours a, exactly? We, we made, I'll put it this way. I won't say we. I made a couple changes, I think a day or two ago, and I think I messed up a couple appointments and switched this to that and whatever. So if you got a call from one or two or three of our salespeople, uh, sorry, but at least you're getting calls. Uh, I'd rather you have that than no calls back at all. So we're not um, trying to you know, completely get y'all confused and bury you, but we just, we want to make sure you're getting taken care of. Let's see. Um, Marshan, I closed on a house that appraised for $30,000 more than what I paid for it. I'm doing a $30,000 rehab. So my question is, how do I pull my money back out of this deal? Um, my rate is a 6.25%. Unfortunately, it won't work exactly in that one-to-one -one way. A lender always wants to have a little bit of equity uh, or see that you always have a little bit of equity in that home. Um, usually, you're not going to be able to pull out a cash out up to 100% value of the home. So even though it appraised $30,000 more, they're not just going to give you a, a check magically out of the air for that. Um, so what you can do is probably what's going to be best is looking at like a home equity line of credit. Um, so uh, probably what's going to be best in there, it's really going to depend on like how much equity you have in the house already. Um, because home equity lines of credit are usually going to want somewhere around 15% equity in your home um, at the moment. So it's going to depend on like how much money did you put down? I know it's kind of a complicated answer. Um, but that's what I would look at doing. You could also look at, um, a rehab loan, something like a conventional home style loan or, uh, something like a, uh, trying to think like a two or three K could work. You probably need to go with like the limited, uh, right yeah. Dan. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be tough to do that because like with a conventional loan, you, you can't use the new value of the property to cash out. Most of the guidelines say six months, some even up to a year. So that doesn't help you. Same thing with FHA. You can't really do anything there. Even VA, if you closed, you can't do anything with VA for at least six months. If you close on a VA alone, you can go back in and do 100% financing uh, on that. So if it's a VA loan, you're, you're in great luck. Otherwise, I would really try to tap into a home equity line. Uh, to free up as much cash as you possibly can to do some work. So let's say you can get a $10,000 line and you're still, you know, 10 grand short or whatever. Maybe, you know, you go to Home Depot and buy the, put everything on credit for six months, a year, no interest and, and try to do it that way. But those are the only things I can think of. Um, Joshua, you said you're trying to get a USDA rural development loan. Can't find a provider. Um, we do USDA loans in all 50 states. But the problem is you said you want to manually build your own home uh, and not use a builder. Um, unfortunately, I'm not aware of any loan that you can get that they're going to allow you to do uh, building your own house. Um, I, like, I, I, don't, I don't want to be Even the bearer of bad news. Don't allow them to do their own work. Yeah, I don't know anybody who's going to allow that to happen. You would need to find a more private way to get access to those funds. So in one of those instances, like, I don't know, this likely is not the situation you're running into, but for instance, let's say you already own a home and you have a lot of equity in it, you could cash that out and then use that cash to pay for the build. Um, but unfortunately, I'm not aware of a single lender who's going to offer 
uh, going to give you money so you can build your own home, even if you are a contractor or a built or, you know, if you're a builder, it's a little bit different. Um, but most of the time they're not going to give it the money to you to be able to, uh, allow you to build it yourself. Your best bet, probably go to your local lender and just see what they would recommend because that's really, that that's their bread and butter. Um, Brando PC said, I'm confused about the crash people are talking about. Like if the market crashes, your house is valued less than at the current time, not the time you may sell it. So that's a really good point. And I think what's interesting is when people are talking about kind of a crash is no one's actually defining what a crash is. Um, because what ends up happening is you, people just start assuming, oh, crash means this. And another person thinks a crash means that. And we all have this idea like a crash means something's going down in value, but how much over what amount of time? And what are the actual metrics that we're quantifying being a metric or being a crash? Um, nobody's clarifying this, uh, which is really interesting because then you have people saying things are crashing all the time when in reality it's like Google trends dropped in search volume. That's not a, that's not a, that's not a housing look crash. Look at even the flip side of this for the demand piece of this. Okay. Yeah. Look at how many, and we don't have that many people on our live events. Let's be honest. I mean, we got a couple hundred people. We get thousands of hits and so forth. These are just the people that are showing up on our our channel. That's coming up and saying, you know, my rent went from fourteen hundred to two thousand. You know, there's millions of people out there that are in that situation, and it's just that that's the concerning part. It's like the a lot of mainstream. You know, what's getting the hype is the crash, the crash, the crash, the crash. So some. Somebody's sitting there saying, what do I do? You know, my rents are going up 10%, 15%, 20% a year. My wages aren't going up that much. House prices are, what in the world am I to do? We get it. But unfortunately, there's nothing we, I don't know. I can't say, but here's what's going to happen to rates this next week. And here's what's going to happen to homes. Nobody knows, you know, so that's the best bet. So you pick your time, your place, what, what you decide is best for you. If you're looking to buy, we're here for you. Um, but, you know, help your yeah. friends and your neighbors and everything else. Try to put a debunk to a lot of this stuff and help, you know, help us get out to more and more people. And this isn't an um, infomercial, but it's just, it, it is frustrating. Ling said, why did the lender charge me for a credit report? So credit reports recently have about tripled in price. Um, you know, so they used to be somewhere where you could get them around 25, 30 bucks. Uh, and now they're sitting closer to around 75, some up to a hundred. Um, and so what that does is that it, it brings on quite a bit of cost to, uh, lenders. And as more and more people are kind of applying, but not being able to find houses, what you have is lenders have, uh, you know, a tripling of the cost in their credit reports. Um, but then also not as many people closing on purchasing a home. And so what's happening is a lot of lenders then are saying, okay, well, we can't, this isn't sustainable for us. Um, so the, we're going to have the buyer pay for the credit report. Again, it's somewhere around 75 bucks. Um, and so this is becoming more and more common, you know, for example, like keep in mind that when, you know, lenders run lots of pre-approvals or lots of loan applications and credit reports that don't turn into closed loans. You know, for, for instance, like, uh, Dan, I don't know if you want to share like an exact number on this, but you know, we pay close to five to $10,000 a month in credit reports, um, just in credit reports. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, it's very, uh, it's very costly when that money doesn't get, uh, recouped through like closed loans. Um, so that's primarily why a lot of lenders are, are causing or making that switch. Um, 
When shopping for loans, do you have to give all your information and does that get included in a specific property to the lenders to get a quote? Or is a pre-approval enough info? You don't have to have a property. Um, a pre-approval is enough info for a quote. Um, let's see, is there any lender fraud and how would you know? Um, yeah, I mean, there is lender fraud that I'm sure exists throughout the nation. How would you know? I, uh, I don't. Um, I've been doing this for 34 years. Back in the day, I mean, you'd, you'd close with a pay stub and a typed up W-2. Um, in the, I, I can honestly say in the two, for the 2000, between 2000 and 2008, I probably saw the most fraud I've ever seen in my life in this business. And it ranged all over the place. So now, you know, there's a lot of triggers in place. Like the young man earlier said, you know, he basically went through a forensic audit to get a mortgage. That, that's why we, we just have to do our due diligence. So as long as you're not, you know, you're not concerned with anything, make sure you look over your, your mortgage application. But in today's world, unless you're pretty darn savvy and have a whole system in place, it'd be really hard to commit fraud. I'm not saying it's not being done today, but that's why I also preference a lot of times is, you know, if somebody else got you approved, I can, I can still get you approved, no doubt, unless, and you always hear me say this, unless they committed fraud and I'm not going to commit fraud. So. Yeah. Um, I had one borrower once ask me to help them commit mortgage fraud. And that was a very they fun weren't. conversation. <laughs> and then they gonna, ended up working with, yeah. huh? I'm not going to commit my life and everything, you know, everything I've worked for and everything just to get a loan through, you know I mean? It's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to jail over a mortgage, <laughs> no, no, um, no. but it was, okay. it was very interesting. Cause then they worked with another lender and that lender called me and, uh, was basically trying to like help him work the thing. And I was like, dude, I am not helping you with this. Yeah. Like this is not that, that uh, is crazy. When you get the other places calling you, you're trying to, how, how are you going to do this? And I'm like, <laughs> whatever. Uh, Mrs. Rhodes, uh, you can schedule a consultation right here. Uh, just go to win the house you love.com and it has a little calendar. And then what's fun is like, we don't play the phone tag game. Um, we're not going to sit there and, you know, harass you. Cause I feel like a lot of lenders will just, get your info and then just keep calling you. And we're, we're not going to do that because that's not fun for anybody. Um, and then it's going to work for your schedule. So you're welcome to do that. Uh, can you use money from a settlement for a down payment or do you have to leave it in your bank account? You absolutely can use it from a settlement. You'll just need some documentation from the settlement showing that you are the one receiving the money and how much it is. You'll be perfectly fine. Two more questions. Two nine o'clock. more. Oh, um, let's see. Ba, 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 na, 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 na. Let's see. Let's see. Let's... Just watched. He's looking. Thank you guys for coming on tonight. If you would check out my channel as well, yes. as well as Kyle's. I know on a, lot, a lot of times mine is a little more dry than his. I try to give you the economic things, go over different programs, just in a in a more quicker version. Uh, but you know, I could try to go over how you can increase your credit scores or work on your credit scores and and this and that. And a lot of it is economics. Where Kyle's channel, he gives you the fundamentals of mortgage products and so forth. We great. We both greatly appreciate you guys visit us here using our consultations and everything else uh so we'll get to two more questions and then i'm gonna go change watch tv for a little bit and go to bed Sweet. get up and do this again tomorrow um let's see somebody asked about credit score 580 to 620 um yep you can do that with a fha loan no problem there three and a half percent down on an fha loan we got um, to start one of these we have to talk to veterans because there's so many veterans out there that don't know they qualify, don't know the benefits of this, don't know, you know, if you're disabled, God bless you. 
that you have a ton of benefits. We might even be able to help you get have have to pay no real estate taxes. So these there's a lot of things there with the veteran veteran piece of the puzzle that uh, I don't think we address enough. Yeah. Um, in the consultation, are you going to talk to you or the team? So we have a team of super helpful loan officers. Um, so you're going to be in good hands with them. Basically, when you're talking with them, you're talking with us because we talk, Dan and I, how many calls have we had today? We probably had five calls. Yeah, today. a lot. Uh, so we go we talk over, with, you know, basically you got to look at the consultation as fact finding. It's, it's basically, it, we open the book. It's like, what are you looking to do? Let's get all this. Most of the times the, the mortgage specialist you're talking with, they, they get it, but they always have, there's two people behind them. They always have to go to one additional person that, uh, above them to kind of go through all the scenarios and make sure you're placed right and everything. That person, any person they go above them usually has about 10, 15 years experience. Then if that kind of doesn't, they can't figure out something or whatever, it usually comes to me. And then I go through and I basically turn over every rock to find a, figure out a way to get something done. So um, you're you're in good hands, no matter who you're talking to with us, because it'll go through the chain of command. Sal said, "I'm buying a home that needs work. The buyer will come off price twenty thousand. The buyer, the seller, the seller will come off price twenty thousand. What is the best way to work repairs into the loan? Um, I would look at a conventional home style uh, rehab loan or a FHA two or three k." Rehab loan are going to be your best options there. Um, do, let's see. Hi from Valparaiso. Prezo, Valparaiso? Indiana. Hey. Is that, is that what you said? Valparaiso? I used to have an office in uh, Chesterton. Chesterton. Valparaiso, Indiana. You don't, you know where that is? Valpo University? They were a big, mm -hmm. big basketball team about 10 years ago. I mean, they have a basketball team, but they made, I think they made like, pretty high up in the rankings in the March Madness. Oh. You think I pay attention to basketball? No. <laughs> I just know because I had an office right down in that area. This was back in the probably 90s. Uh, Nasser said, how to use cash when buying a house? Um, we don't really talk about using cash to buy a yeah. house, uh, primarily because most of the people, most people don't, you know, well, we first of all, we work as loan officers, so we never talk with people who are using cash because they don't need to work with us. Um, so they, ne it, they never come. <laughs> they never come to us because they don't yeah. need us, uh, which is perfectly fine. Uh, I think right now it's around twenty five percent of people or twenty five percent of purchases are with cash. So it is a smaller section um, of the market. So with buying with cash is really a lot easier than a mortgage because you just skip the entire mortgage process. You if do you still. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was say you still need to do some due diligence. Um, on your part, I think sometimes buying with cash, people can skip over the parts that they're like, I don't really want to spend money on doing stuff. I get it, but it is easy. It's in my personal opinion, better to have things like a home inspection to still make sure that like the home is what you expect. Um, especially if you're like me and you're not super like, I don't, I don't know if, if my HVAC unit is good or how much life is remaining on it. I need a home inspector for that. Um, also, I think it's going to be really good to work with a title company and do a title search of the home. Uh, that way you can actually make sure that the chain of title is going to be accurate and you do have a level of insurance backing that up if someone ever comes and makes a claim to the title of the home. Um, outside of that, you're going to be working with a real estate agent. You'll show them the proof of your funds uh, usually up front. Basically, like, instead of a pre-approval letter, uh, sometimes people will just like screenshot their bank account <laughs> and use that as a proof of funds or a letter from their bank saying, here is, you know, I have up to X amount of funds to be able to use. Um Outside that, it's a pretty easy process. You'll probably go through the closing in like 10 days. Um, as long as the seller is good with the timeline and you should be 
uh, fine. Um, so cool. I left my email in the chat, uh, Dan's email in the chat as well. So it's Kyle at whenthehouseyoulove.com, Dan at the rate update.com. Um, and I know that, you know, we can't get to everybody's question. Please don't scold me for not answering your question. It's not personal. <laughs> um, and, uh, we'll do this live stream again next Wednesday, but there's plenty of ways to get your question answered, right? It doesn't have to be the live chat. The li this live chat is not our product. It's not like our main service. What we mainly help you with is getting pre-approved for a loan with our home loan console. That's what we want to do. We want, we want to walk you through the strategy. We want to understand where you're at, how we can help you. Uh, accomplish your goal with getting a home loan. And then we want to show you your pre-approval letter, how much you can, uh, your max purchase price, and then all your numbers, like your rate, your monthly payment, your closing costs, down payment, and things like that. Um, we can also answer questions over email. Uh, so plenty of ways to get your questions answered, not just through uh, this chat. Okay. Uh, Dan also has a YouTube channel. If you're watching on my channel, you can click the link uh, in the title. Uh, it just says the rate update with Dan yeah, with Dan Frio. Wasn't sure if I said your last name in there or not. Check it out. See if I can get like 20 subscribers tonight. Ooh, that'd be fun. I'll, I'll, I'll um, check, and I'm going to scold you guys tomorrow <laughs> if I don't get 20 subscribers tonight. I'll monitor that as well. Awesome. Yeah, I would love to have an interview with you. Um, he said once you get settled in, uh, totally get it. Get settled in. I know things are like stressful in the moving process. I'm still <laughs> unpacking. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a problem. So bring your drinks next time. Thank you all for being here as always. And uh, we'll talk with you next week. Take care, guys.